Hey guys, it's Alfredo. This is Brian. And this is Film Purgatory. So thank you guys so much for joining us this week. Thank you for tuning in for Director's Week, Martin Scorsese. We're very excited about about this episode. One of our favorite directors. Well, one of very famous, one of the most famous and influential directors, really. You know, I know you like Scorsese. You've liked many of his movies, and he was a good director. I love a lot of his movies. But we're talking about historic-wise. This oh, yeah. guy has done a lot. Like, oh, yeah. Um, so a little bit of Martin Scorsese. He was born 1942. He's currently 78 years old, and he was born in New York. New York, New York. Yes, sir. So he's married to Helen Morris. And they have about, I think, four kids. So let's talk a little bit more about his pedigree as far as a director goes. And he has a lot of accolades in his records. Oh, yeah. we. I mean, we can go on and on, really. But I just wanted to point out a few. So the American Film Institute created a list of the 100 greatest movies. And he has three movies on that list. Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, and Goodfellas. Um, in 1990... The very first film to be selected for preservation in the National Film Registry was Raging Bull. It says a lot. So the, when they first established that list, the first movie they picked was Raging Bull. Yes. Which was made in 1980, I believe. Yes. Wow. Yeah, so 10 years after it was made, it was selected for well, the first film selected. I mean, he has many other movies that were also selected for that list. Um, not necessarily that they were first or last, whatever, but... We have Mean Streets. Okay. Uh, Taxi Driver as well. We already mentioned that. I believe Goodfellas is on there too. Yeah, Goodfellas is in that list as well. Or sorry, in the is, is being preserved in the National Film Registry. So in order to be eligible for the registry, the National Film Registry, you have to, or the film has to be at least 10 years old, be culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant to make the list. In which the movies we mentioned of Martin Scorsese fit that. That profile. Yeah, he has. Uh, it's Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, and Mean Streets also made that made that made the film registry as well. I remember watching Mean Streets not too long ago. I mean, I'm guessing for its time it was good, but it just didn't really catch my attention. Historically, like we mentioned, that was one of the requirements. Historically, it must have been, you know, pretty good to make yeah, the list. I think culturally is where they get oh, that okay. film, in my opinion, because. Right. I don't think there's anything historic in the sense of that story, Mean Streets. Mm -hmm. But what is the common theme? We were having this conversation. I guess we can just have it again right on, on recording for right. this week. Is that, what's that theme that he, not, I wouldn't say he created, but he paved the way for so many other directors. All the violence. Yeah. Because what is what is real life? What have, we had a lot of violence going on. We were talking about 60s, 70s. We were very divided as a country in those times. That's a good point. A lot of, a lot of uh, violence. Really, and, and he, he did not shy away from showing that violence, from demonstrating what went on in the streets. <laughs> the movie is called Mean Streets, mean right? Mean Streets, yeah. You know, nothing special about the story, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, you have a good director, pair him with a great actor in Robert De Niro, right? That's Bobby Superb. Benjamin. Superb. That's my guy. <laughs> you know, he's made, what, 10 movies now? We're coming up now with the 10th movie he's making with... Uh, with Scorsese? With Scorsese, Robert De Niro and Scorsese. The, so... <laughs> You know, it's hard to, to it's hard to fail. I right. guess it's like it's hard to miss. Really of really high quality. He's been doing it for so long. So what, fifty years? Scorsese. Yeah, Scorsese's been been a director, right? Making movies for fifty years now. Gotta have something good with that. So let's get into some of the movies that were mentioned in that preservation list. 
starting off with Taxi Driver, 1976. This is with Robert De Niro. Go figure. And I believe we have Jodie Foster in there. Jodie Foster plays a 12-year-old prostitute. Iris. Uh, her name is Iris, correct. It's a very, I would say, for its time, once again, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Mm -hmm. Once again, I believe culturally is where this movie hits home. Uh, it was selected to be in the National Film Registry, of course. And we have a, a veteran. Um, he's a former Marine. Just yeah. can't sleep. He suffers from insomnia. And all he does is scour the streets of New York in his taxi. And he's just constantly complaining about the filth, the vermin, the, the, you know, the lowest of the low of society and how they just come out at night. And, and New York is... Which is true. New York was filled with that for many years. So he has this obsession with cleaning or saving the world yes basically or his city in, in, his city, in yeah. particular the filth of new york wow that sounds more like mean streets than khaki driver okay yeah. so he wants to get rid of it and how is he doing that he sees jodie foster he wants to rescue her from that life right he, he she's like the the motivation right but in the whole throughout the whole story you know she's not so significant she comes in closer to the end okay. what really sets him off right what gets because he's mentally unstable mm -hmm. you know you pair that with the fact that he's uh he's not able to sleep you're gonna get it's not a it's not a, like we were saying recipe before yeah it's a recipe for disaster so that's what we see we see right. this guy he's losing his mind right he little does. by little he's Cutting his hair. Yeah, he gets a mohawk. Sweet uh -huh. mohawk, by the way. Well, it's little by little. Because he cuts it good. once, then he cuts it again. Then finally he has the mohawk. That's right at the end, you know, before he... he the, the climax, or I wouldn't say the, the resolution. The, the, the very violent resolution of the movie. Sweet mohawk, by the way. Sweet mohawk. Fine, I'll give it to you. <laughs> so, he goes and he, he tries to, you know, hit on this girl. Goes on a date. Ends up ruining his chances. He gets he's, he doesn't take no accountability. Right? Right. He's just mad at the world, mad at everything that's going around. Right. Um, insults the woman at her job for for not being interested in him anymore. Right. Leaving out on his date, he runs. He comes across Jodie Foster and her pimp again on the streets. Mm -hmm. Pays him to have a, a you know a nice time with her. Of course, he doesn't actually take advantage, but he just talks to her. Hey, what are you doing? What's your name? Why are you, you know? Why are you so young and already in this game? Bunch of drug addicts and dirty ass dudes yeah. coming in and out of here. That's not for, for a little girl. It's disturbing. So that's when he becomes infatuated with the fact or with the idea of saving her from that yes. lifetime. Okay. Right. And what she does at the very end, there's a... He's the catalyst. He's the cat. Okay, fine. I'll give you that one. So he, at the very end, succeeds, kills her pimp, kills... Kills a few other guys. Really guys. Yeah, just guys that worked with him, you know, tried to tried to help him. And that's what we were talking about, or what you were talking about earlier, Brian, about the Scorsese films being violent during that time. This is '76, and there's a lot of gore, there's a lot of killing. Oh yeah. And yeah, there's there's one point where De Niro was covered in blood. He was yeah, drenched in it. Yeah, it wasn't even so much the violence. Sorry, it's not so much the gore, but also just the treatment of people within each other. Like the interpersonal relationships, very violent. Right. And in general, his movies had a lot of domestic violence. That's not easy for people to stomach uh, 40, 50 years ago. Right. Nowadays, yeah, we're Nowadays, we've seen it all. Right. Yeah. We're desensitized because of how much we've seen it on not just movies, TV shows. Yeah. We see it all the time. It's like, okay. And, and it's it has its pros and cons, mm -hmm. right? Nobody wants to normalize it, but it's good to bring awareness. A lot of people go through these issues, 
and it's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. So we can I can make that case for Scorsese. It's like yeah, he's he's depicting it in a very dehumanizing way, but society dehumanizes each other sometimes with these inhumane acts. So it's very real. Very real, exactly. That's a great way to put it. Real. Going into the next one, I want to talk about Raging Bull. Now this is a story about a middleweight boxer. Jake LaMotta. Jake LaMotta, who is actually a, a, a real boxer. Yeah, it's a real story of his life. I didn't know that. Wow. So, Jake LaMotta, he's a middleweight boxer from the Bronx. We follow his story and his inability to express his feelings in and out of the ring. He has no impulse control. At all. The man has no inhibition mm-hmm. at, in any sense. He, With- ha- he has no self-awareness mm-hmm. of his actions and what consequences may come of them. Mm-hmm. Very immature. Like you said, does not understand his emotions, does not express himself well. And, of course, who's the main actor? Robert, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. So we get a performance that you expect. Right. You know, he comes in, comes onto the screen. And actually, this movie is where Joe Pesci, I believe, made a name for himself. With Robert De Niro. With Robert De Niro. He, right. he played his brother. Yes, his younger brother. His younger brother. Who tries to keep him in line. Right. Not that he isn't hot-headed himself at times, but... I guess a huge step up from Lamada's character. Of course. There's a lot of of issues that Lamada has to deal with 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 it, whether it's in the an aspect within his relationship, uh, how he treats other people, like you said, he's very unaware, but he is finding success within the ring. Oh, absolutely. One of the best boxers. I mean, you go back and watch some of his fights, amazing boxer, amazing fighter. Um the he definitely put his his explosive behavior to right. good use in the ring. I can't deny him that. Okay. I'm not going to talk about who he was outside of the ring. Right. But if we're talking about uh, an accurate depiction that Robert De Niro gave, mm-hmm. then he clearly had his issues that needed to be worked out. Unfortunately, in the when he, you know in his time, of I mean, his prime, nobody knew anything about therapists or mental right. health. Right. To me, to them, it was just that's just who they were. You know, hitting women wasn't looked down upon at the time. That's right. what he did. Beat up on his wife. So I would say that Robert De Niro kills this one. He plays um, Lamada very well. Now, what do you think Scorsese was going for in this picture? Is it to bring awareness again of, of the human nature, of the, the violent human nature within the I, athlete's world? Or Yes. I think that plus the consequences, mm. right? How you so quickly can rise and fall by just making bad decisions. Right. You know? And it's unfortunate because in situations like Lamada's, we can make a very good case that he was beyond self-control or, or, or self-awareness, uh, right? He was he needed outside. Like, there needed to be external influence right. for him to make a change. Mm-hmm. Again, at the time, who the hell was going to go in and do that? Somebody so violent. That's true. This guy would beat anybody up. Even as he got into fights with his own brother. His own brother too. beat him up. Well, in the film. Right? In the in, film, yeah. In the film. Yeah. So, Raging Bull actually won Robert De Niro his first and only Academy Award for Best Actor in a major motion picture. That's the only one he's won. It's the only one he's won. Very surprising. Right. But is it so surprising, given that we have a modern-day legend in Leonardo DiCaprio who took forever to win his first Whoa. one? So is it uncommon? Whoa. You're bringing up my boy Leo. Oh, that's my boy, too. I'm not I'm not even, like... I'm not trying to talk, talk <laughs> down or nothing. Right. But my point is, is it so surprising? So awards mean nothing. Which they, I agree. They mean something. As far as but performances go. I would say they mean something in terms of to, like, wrap up a career. Okay. Like, you know what? Yeah, he only has one. But how many can say they have one? 
right? And right. how many can say? Because a lot of people may have a a, a one hit wonder, mm-hmm. right? We have a, a, an actor who wins best actor, let's say, but, but you look at his record, right. his track record. Is it anything close to Leo? Is no, it anything yeah. close to Robert De Niro? So I would say not the award so much, but the recognition. Okay. As much as yeah, you could say it does more to to fill up an ego, sure. But if we're having a conversation, a discussion about best actors all time, you can't leave Leo out of it. Right. You cannot leave Robert De Niro out of it. That's impossible. Nominations, recognitions, awards, just overall body of work. Right. Right? Um, and, you know, I know we're getting a little off topic, but this is Scorsese. Right. But Robert De Niro was very important to Scorsese's career. He did. He is. And which is why he deserves this uh, this conversation. Right. Something worth a mention. He's he's a king, a king of comedy. Going into the third one, Ooh. the king of comedy. Scorsese. Smooth transition. I'll give you that offer. Scorsese with De Niro once again. Now, Brian, I know this movie. Okay, so this movie is about uh, a failed comedian. He does have mental issues. Yeah, and it- there are some correlations between this and the Joker. I know that there's not a lot of people talking about this, but there is correlation between this and the Joker. So, the first thing that I want to uh, talk about, right, right, is De Niro was in Joker. Mm-hmm. So, when I originally heard about this movie, The King of Comedy, and I read its synopsis, I thought to myself, hold on, this, there's a little too many similarities, right? right? And when I did my research, somebody had already pointed it out back in 2019. I believe it was around the time of the movie's release. Mm-hmm. And they said, I quote, they quoted a line that said, why do we have the Joker if we already have the King of Comedy? And mm. I thought to myself, that's a pretty bold statement because I love the Joker. I think right. I think the story is great. I think the acting is, is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And Joaquin, once again, earned his, his, his Best Actor uh, Award, right? His Academy Award. Right. So I went and watched this movie with the expectation it was going to be very similar. Let me tell you, it was not similar. Nothing? No, it's not similar at all. Wow. Yeah, is it about a struggling comedian with mental health issues? Sure. But the Joker mental health issues is 2020, is modern. Everybody is more aware. Oh, okay. It's a little bit more down, more more refined. Mm. At the time, the guy didn't show any mental health issues. He just happened to be a little obsessed. He it was a stand-up comedian slash talk show host. Okay. Right? Uh, his name was Jerry. Oh, okay. So in the, sh- in the show, in the movie, excuse me. Jerry Langford. Jerry Langford. He was obsessed with this guy. He wanted to be on his show. He wanted a chance yeah, more he, than anything. He wanted a big break, and he felt like Jerry could give him the big exactly. break. Exactly. So okay. he wasn't necessarily trying to replace Jerry, which was what my initial uh, prediction was. Like, oh, you know, he's going to lose his mind thinking that he's going to become Jerry. No, he wasn't really that out of his mind. He's more of an extremist, but not necessarily out of his mind, if that makes sense. He kidnapped Jerry Langford. Okay. Forced the network to give him, I believe it was just 10 minutes of screen time on his show live, 11 p.m. And in the end, it worked out, right? He got arrested, right. but he gained so much fame and wrote a book from prison that when he got out, he got out, he had his own show, he had fame, he had money, mm-hmm. so he won. Wow. His extremism won. He Jeez. did his time, uh-huh. right? And now he's famous. Wow. They loved his routine. They actually, he was actually funny. And he was right. All he needed was his, his, his recognition, his time, his little 10 minutes of screen time. Uh, Robert De Niro, once again, no complaint. Just go in, kills the role, leaves. That's all he does, right? But I would like to make it clear, this movie is not really congruent with the joke. Okay, so it's separate. 
They're both separate things. Very similar qualities, but not necessarily the same thing. Yeah, just different, different motivations. Okay. Definitely just, I don't know, the characters are different. Their story, their character arcs are different. It's just not, it's not similar enough for me to make that, that statement or agree with the statement, I should say, of, well, why do we have Joker if we have the human comedy? No, two separate movies. And you know what? De Niro knew that. Why? Because he was in both movies. He agreed, yeah, so. So there's no way that he would think, oh, it's a similar movie. So would you say that Scorsese wanted to bring awareness once more, this time on a mental illness a little bit? Or is mm, that not really? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I would have to guess no. I don't think at the time. Scorsese being born before World War II even ended, that lets me know he's not going to be so so inclined right, right to learn about mental health and right. once you reach a certain age you know it's kind of sad don't mean to put the older population out there like that but right. they don't tend to agree or listen to what younger populations are telling them about newfound research what we've learned about human beings in particular in this case mental health so no i don't think it had anything to do with awareness in that sense i think he just wanted to tell i guess a funny story okay because the movie was a little funny it had its its moments here and there Okay, nice. And it had a serious moments. Very good. It's good. Good fellas. Going to the last one, and I know you love this one. All right, I don't like that transition. I'll oh, give you the on, first that one. Pretty, that was pretty good. Sorry. <laughs> good fellas, 1990. So I guess we're saving the best for last, Alfredo? Best for last. In my opinion, um, this movie will always have a special place in my heart, no matter what. I love this movie. Every second, every minute of it. Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, uh, you know... We're talking about the golden trio here, in my opinion, for, for making a, a mafia movie or, or gang movie, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, Paul Servino as well. It's Paul, Paul Servino. Uh, Frank Vincent was also, was also in it, and he was also in Raging Bull. Right. There was a, there's a funny scene in this Goodfellas movie, right, mm-hmm. where uh, this character named Billy Bats. Billy Bats. He gets killed by Joe Pesci in a heat of rage. Right. Pisses him off. Uh-huh. Right. Joe Pesci goes off on him. 1990. But go back 10 years, 1980, Raging Bull, Joe Pesci has a similar scene. He does not kill Frank Vincent's character. Well, his name is Sal in this movie. Right. But he beats him up, right? Smashes glass on his face, cutting him, slashing his cheek, uh, slams a door on his head multiple times, kicks him while he's down, hits him with one of those, you know, what do you call those those things? The, those the, like stands, the like stand dividers. With, the stands with the ropes on them, they're right. very heavy, hits him over the head with it. Right. Uh, again, funny scene, uh, heat of rage. This is this is just classic Joe Pesci. And it seems like Frank on the uh, losing end of the stake every time. Yeah. <laughs> so Goodfellas. Not in his bank account. I no, I bet not. I I can assure you no. So Goodfellas centers around a young guy played by Ray Liotta called Henry Hill, and this is a true story. Yes, it is. So it follows Henry Hill and his uprise. Uh, being a wise guy. I wanted to uh, just cut you off for a second. To be clear, this movie is not considered a based on a true story film or based on true events. So it's loosely based on the real life right, person, Henry Hill. But the story itself could be completely different. Well, if I'm not mistaken, it's based on the book, Wise Guys. Oh, you're right. It is based on the book. That's right. But there is a, a per- real life person called Henry Hill. Yeah, a real life story, of course. Right. But I think the book itself is so loosely based that the movie couldn't even say, because, you know, there are movies that say based on a true story. Right. But you have to have 
I think I don't know if there's a, a standard for it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. I would have to look into that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it did not say based on a true story or based on true events, something like that, lets me know that it's that it's just not similar enough to the real story. Maybe it's a collaboration between the two, between it the book be. and the real life. Because at the end of the movie, it does let you know. It does that thing where it's like, oh, it lets you know where the characters are, something exactly. like that. So. It is somewhat, like you said, it's loosely based, and I think that's good enough. The story itself is very good. As mentioned before, it does follow Henry Hill, and throughout his whole life, wanting to be a wise guy growing up and becoming a wise guy. Wise guy is in reference to being a, a gangster during these times. What time period would this be? Like the? Oh, we're talking about fifties. Uh, fifties, sixties. Right. Yeah, he grew up as a kid. It was the forties. Right. But once he was really becoming a man, getting his power, we're talking about fifties and sixties for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, but once again, we have another common theme, right? The rise and fall. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Henry Hill in his prime, mm-hmm. Robert De Niro's character, um, Jimmy Conway. Mm, right. In his prime, they're all working together, and they make bad decisions. Right, right. Things don't go their way. There's drama within families, wives. You know, of course, we have infidelity. Right. Simple story, simple drama. Right. Nothing out of the ordinary. We see this right everyday stuff, real, real stuff, which More, is what Scorsese loves to do. Exactly, real stuff, everyday stuff. But the way the story is told, it captures you. Mm-hmm. It captivates you. Right. Right. To be to be clear. What an amazing movie it is. If you have not seen it, it's probably the most recommended movie. Right. In my opinion. For me, I would recommend it most than any others if you haven't watched that one. This is much like The King of Comedy. It's, it's a story. It's a very well-written story like you mentioned. Um, this is a type of movie where you can watch any single time. At least me. If it's on, I'm going to watch it. It's, it's just a good movie. On and off. Um, I've watched it a good six times. <laughs> and that's and it, understandable. It's like two and a half hours, but... And that's completely understandable. Um, let's talk where we can find these movies. Most of them you can find on Vudu. I believe you can watch Raging Bull for free on Pluto TV. Yeah. Uh, Goodfellas used to be on Netflix, not anymore. Thank you, Netflix. You can still watch it on Vudu. If you haven't had a chance to watch these movies, I get to it. Raging Bull, Kim Comedy, Taxi Driver, and Goodfellas. These are the pinnacle of Scorsese films. Martin Scorsese, as mentioned before, is a superb director, a wonderful storyteller, and he really knows how to paint the picture. Oh. You took all the words from my mouth, really. There's nothing else for me to say. I'm not gonna... You don't have to say it. Just sit there. I'm just not gonna... Just sit there. I'm not gonna fluff it up. It's okay. That's what it is. Okay. All right. He... And he's making... I would want to say he just recently made uh, The Irishman. Right. Uh, The story about how... Jimmy Hoffa took out JFK. Oh my god. I know you love your, these conspiracies. Okay. Look, look, it's a great movie. Very long, right? It can drag a little bit. But once again, just a, a wonderful picture he painted. And then he's working on a new movie with Leo and Robert De Niro. Oh. So I'm already I'm stoked for that movie. It's called Killers of the Flower Moon. Right. Uh, it's currently in production. Should come out, I believe, later this year or next year. Okay. But it's still, it's still some ways to go. Be on the lookout, everybody. Um, I just want to talk real quick. Uh, I was talking to a close friend. We were recommending a show on HBO Max called Raised by Wolves. I don't know too much about it. All I know is that it's very sci-fi. Mm-hmm. It is... Ridley Scott, right? From the mind of Ridley, Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott is the executive producer. Uh, Ridley Scott would be involved in Alien. Uh, and what's the other one? 
Well, he's really just known for, for aliens. Well, he's going a little bit... Yeah, that's his biggest feat, but yes. Um, he has Prometheus words? was the one that I was... Oh, well, Prometheus is in the alien universe, He's in regards, but fair. still, it's, it's... That's a fantastic movie, by the way. It's a great movie. I love that movie. Raised by Wolves is a show. So far, they have 10 episodes, HBO Max. Uh, I saw the first one. It's, it's interesting. I want to continue on. Deals with, um, I guess, these two androids uh, starting a human colony in a different planet definitely check it out i don't want to go too much into it i'm not too informed myself but definitely check it out looks interesting next week we'll be going into the oceans franchise we think uh there are just so many good actors and just a fun story to watch right on all three movies oceans 11 oceans 12 oceans 13 we won't be covering uh any other movie in that franchise just the original trilogy Trilogy. and i don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add but to me it's a witty funny uh, suspenseful with a good story, right? And good acting. Plenty of good actors. A lot of good characters, I should say. Should have Leo in there. Nah, nah, nah. It's good the way it is. I don't like to. I don't like to mess with with a good recipe. Just, I like Leo. I love Leo. Let him be. Speaking of Leo, he did make Shutter Island with Martin Scorsese oh. and The Aviator, so oh. they have a history. So we already know Robert De Niro and Leo are gonna come together, and it's gonna be like, like. Perfection. He's doing the he's doing the Italian hands. Yes, the Italian, the Italian hands. hands. I already know. I have very high expectations for Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> Given the visuals. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. We really appreciate Scorsese Week, Martin Scorsese. Definitely check him out. Um, thank you for all the support. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Um, please make sure to follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Film Purgatory, and uh, set up notifications. I got funny memes all day long. Well, not all day long, just... That's an exaggeration. Round the clock. All All right. right, guys. Thank you so much.